Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Thursday Night Football, Bucks at Buffalo. When would you rather be in Buffalo, New York than right now? Because, to be honest with you, Steve Versnick, I could have gotten off the plane today and it could have been snow on the ground. I mean, that's, you know, typically you get around Halloween, like mm-hmm. we're not that far away, right? Oh, yeah. You could have you, you could have some white stuff. Most definitely. It's like, it's like 68 degrees. They're having a heat wave, man. It's weird. That, yeah, that's actually that very is nice warm for Buffalo this time of year. Yeah, because you could absolutely have snow, several oh, inches yeah. of it by now. Oh, absolutely, no question. Like it, the people, I think even the people in Buffalo are a little ticked off. So we're not. As I do this podcast, the team hotel, which is a double tree, is actually in Niagara. Like we're almost to Canada. We're right across the falls here, and it's like thirty-three miles outside of Buffalo, New York. So a bit of a bus ride. Well, the stadium's not uh, in Buffalo. It's in Orchard Park. It's in Orchard Park, right. which is like exactly. it's like fifteen twenty minutes from Buffalo. It's not. Yeah, so it's kind of it's 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 so okay. So if it's thirty three miles from Buffalo, then you take fifteen of those, whatever. Um, but that said, perfect time of the year to be here. The leaves are turning. I got to see some fall. How lucky am I, man? I get to come up here. A little dry air. Sure, it's not fifty, but it's you know, much cooler than it is in Tampa. And all I can say is, if you got to play the Bills, because nobody circles wagons like the Buffalo Bills, this is when you want to play them. You want to play them when it's balmy and uh, just kind of gorgeous football weather. So beautiful, uh, beautiful sort of scenery that the Bucks have at this hotel, which they've completely taken over. I mean, they shut down the restaurant. They shut down everything for them. So I think they're the only guest here, uh, along with some of the media folks and whatnot. But it's, you know, you can't predict the NFL. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you know, when this when the season came, the schedule came out, we correctly said they're not going to beat Philadelphia, right? We went there, win, lose, win. They weren't going to beat Philadelphia. We said, we said as much. And then... Who was the other team they played? They played at home. Uh, we weren't sure about Detroit. We thought they'd have a chance, but we weren't sure about Detroit. Mm-hmm. Detroit was clearly better, and they lost to them. This was one that early in the season you said, yeah, they're not going to win on a Thursday night in Buffalo. Now, what you didn't have them was losing to Atlanta, you know, four days before that. So that's that's certainly a factor. And now this game becomes much more critical than it would have been had they taken care of business in the NFC South. It never felt like a game they could win. And yet, I'm looking around the league. I'm seeing where San Francisco has lost two in a row, and now their quarterback looks like he's in concussion protocol, Brock Purdy. But they lost to the Cleveland Browns with P.J. Walker, and then they go to Minnesota and, and lose to the Vikings. 
So you really don't know. Like every time you mm-hmm. think you know something about the NFL, you really don't know. Well, and the Bills are coming off a loss to the Patriots. Yeah, which they in late in the game, and the Bills have not scored points. Like they're struggling to score. Mm-hmm. Their defense has not been elite like like they anticipated. Um, like you just don't know what's going to happen. But this I know about Tampa Bay: they don't score touchdowns, and no matter what you say, even even though the Bills aren't scoring 30 a game, they can gussy it up, you know, past 18, which is about where the Bucks are. And they could probably win this game pretty low scoring if they needed to. We'll see how it goes. The problem with Tampa uh, has been of late are their trips to the red zone. They are scoring on just 30, scoring touchdowns, I should say, on just 37.5% of their trips to the red zone. That's tied for 28th in the league with New Orleans. And they've been even worse at home. I mean, when they score touchdowns at home, when they're in the red zone, it's only 20% of the time. There's 66.7 on the road, so that might bode well if that continues, you know, in this game tonight. Um, but they were 0 for 2 uh, in the red zone, you know, the other day in the loss to the Falcons. And the problem is the same problem they've had all year. They can't run the ball. Like, if you can't run it down there, then you're going to get, you know, tight windows to throw into, zone coverage, all of that, double teams. And it's just really difficult to to have a stick throw, which is what you usually need to, you know, points come from the passing game primarily. And the Bucks just weren't able to do that. And that's when they had the first and goal at the eight-yard line. A touchdown probably wins the game. Just over a minute re- remaining. What does Canales do? He calls three straight pass plays. I mean, doesn't even I mean, even at their average at two yards of carry. You got two yards of carry, and you did it four times. You're going to get in the end zone. They didn't trust didn't trust their team enough to do that, so they threw it twice to Chris Godwin, both incomplete. And then on the on the final play down there, Baker Mayfield is sacked, and so they have to kick the field goal, which of course doesn't do any good because there's 45 seconds left. Then they have the coverage breakdown. And, you know, they lose Kyle Pitts, and then, you know, Koo kicks the field goal from 51 yards, game over. And so, you know, we talked to Dave Canales, and we talked to Baker Mayfield, and he kind of defended his play calling down there. He said, look, the way I see it, our best opportunity to score is where's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? Like trying to attack the coverage. And they have, they have plays designed to do that. And he said there were some near misses in the red zone, but really it's just us, you know, his details and route running, stuff like that. And, you know, so, but I go back to you can't run the football and you need that to score touchdowns, right? They they just, they've got one rushing touchdown all year, one. They have a lot of touchdowns in general, but they got just one. And so you're asking your receivers and you're asking your quarterback to just be elite. And, you know, earlier in that quarter, that's when Baker Mayfield tried to force it to Kate Otten, who was kind of double covered. And, you know, that's when Richie Grant, the safety, jumped up and intercepted the ball. And, you know, at the 11-yard line, I mean, you're you're going in to potentially score a touchdown. So he had Rashad White. In the flat, he could have just checked it down. He didn't do it. 
you know? Like, there's just certain plays, but there's so much pressure on the passing game simply because they can't run it for a squat. <laughs> and I don't know that's going to change. Now, the good news, if you consider this good news, Chase Edmonds is back. What do you make of that? I would hope that he sees a lot of time. Let's, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've got a decent sample size on Rashad White, on Keyshawn Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Edmonds can do. Right. Like We know they want to run the ball. We're pretty sure they're not going to stop trying to run the ball based on all evidence of the first six games. So I, I would start Edmonds and let him go and see if it's any better. Because you, you uh, without a running game that gives you a little bit of a threat, your red zone problems are going to continue because the field's so short and you're one dimensional, and you're gonna you're just gonna like you need that threat of the run to help loosen up that pass to give Baker Mayfield more options, and, and that's why they keep running the ball. But when you're as bad as they've been. You don't have – it's not helping Baker because teams don't have to respect it. So Edmonds is back. Put him in and let's see what he's got and go from there. Yeah, I don't know that that, that he'll be you know RB1, but I do think he's going to get some carries. He's going to get some chances. And then the other thing I think is that, you know, Baker Mayfield finally said it, right? And John Romano wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. It's time to just forget that and, and end the charade that this is going to be a running football team. It's not. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's over. Pull the band-aid up. Whatever those terms are, let's just agree that this team is not a run first team. Maybe not even a run second team. They're going to have to do it through the air. Right? And last year, you know, Brady, God bless him, Led the NFL in, you know, pass attempts again for the second straight year, over 720-something. And I don't know that Baker's ever going to throw that many, but you, they do have finally acknowledged, at least Baker did, that like, yeah, we're not we're not a run-first team. Like, we, we have to throw the ball. Now, the one thing they did that I thought was very effective, if Rashad White can't run it, He's a good receiver. He's a good route runner. He has great hands. He, from the time I saw him, first time out of college, I said, this guy can really, he's a natural catcher of the ball. Usually running backs kind of fight their hands a little bit. Uh, not White. White White can run routes like a receiver. So come out, throw it early and often, get positive yards. You know, there was, in the interception that Mayfield had, went back and looked at that, and there's under four minutes to go in a game. And they're just outside, you know, the twenty yard line, twenty seven or so. And he's got Kate Otten sort of on a stick route. But there's a safety over top and he jumps it. And the throw's kind of late. And so he gets picked. Now they were fortunate to get the ball back and able to tie it up, especially with that much time left. But he's got Rashad White in the flat just standing by himself. And Rashad catches that ball, 
he's he may pick up the first down and he's going to go at least 10 or 12 yards and that's one where you look at it on film you go what am i thinking just just get completions and that that's sort of been baker's thing this week is i just got to get the ball to my guys let them make a guy miss let them do what they have to do and and see if they can get in the end zone that way so um you know they walk this line between Todd Bowles telling them and telling Dave Canales, be aggressive. You know, we saw that on the opening drive, right? Remember they took the kickoff? They're on the plus 40-something. And on fourth and like four, Todd Bowles goes for it. And you're like, when, who is this coach, right? Like, when did he become Mr. Mr. No Risk It, No Biscuit? Um, and it wound up costing them. But he want, he, he you know, this team has been not only – challenged offensively in terms of scoring but they're notoriously slow starters what points they do get they don't get right away they've trailed and so he was trying to jump out start his team have something positive happen early and it backfired you know which is which is always a possibility but um on the other side (laughs) josh allen is the anti-buccaneers he is, and the Bills are as well. They're second in the NFL, second in red zone efficiency. They score touchdowns on 71.43% of their trips inside the 20. And Allen, just Josh Allen by himself, who is by far the, the one guy you have to try to contain, he's accounted for 19 touchdowns this year. Four of them are rushing touchdowns, right? So... That's the thing. It's just about what you do when you get down in that scoring area. And if that means Baker has to run it, whatever it is, you got to find a way to get, get touchdowns and not kick field goals. And if they score, they somehow score into the mid to late 20s, which would be a windfall for this team, I think they have a shot. Fortunately for them, Buffalo's not playing well. And I think this team has enough team speed to kind of keep Allen bottled up a little bit more than some teams. But we'll see. Short week, no practice. Um, You got guys nicked up, you know, and that's going to be a factor in the game. We'll get into that here in just a minute. You know, you guys, it's still hurricane season. In fact, I saw a Cat 5 hit out there in uh, sort of western Mexico, right, the other Mm -hmm. day below the Pacific, yep. Yeah. Um, But there's still time to keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power by May Electric Solar. Now, with solar battery backup power, there is no fuel cost. There's no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs. Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Now, solar battery backup power can save you hundreds of dollars each month, and if you lose power, a generator could cost you over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar battery systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing Enphase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to get started, just call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. So injuries are a big deal in this game. Look, uh, they're not going to have Matt Filer, and I thought this was a bit of a surprise, perhaps, although it makes sense when you really break it down. Aaron Stinney. Remember him? Played three playoff games, including the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl champion, responsible for the creation of Lombardi-Lenny and such. He's going to get the start at left guard. 
for Aaron Stinney. Stinney is out. And so Tristan Wurst will have a new left guard. Might not be a bad thing, right? Big physical guy. Like, we'll see. I think before he, you know, he hurt his knee a year ago, there was some rumblings that he may not have made the team anyway. Um, but they'll go with him. And, and people were asking me, like, you know, Nick Leverett started 10 games a year ago. Why aren't they going with Nick? And I would just say this. Nick's also the backup center. So you could put him in there if he were your best player, and that might be part of the evaluation. But you could put him in there, and if something happens to your center, now he's got to go play there, and then, you know, who's your other guard? So I think, I think one, they're, they're playing the guy they think is a better player in Stinney, but I also think that there's a little bit of gamesmanship going because, you know, the other guy is really valuable as, as the number two center, and that could happen on any play, right? And and it's an important uh, important spot. So that's the biggest change to the lineup, I suppose. Um, defensively, you know, we've talked about so they played D. Delaney, Ryan Neal. Like not, nothing's going on over there. And you know, look this this Buffalo team is is a tough one to beat, especially here. Um, but they've got to find a way not only to continue to protect Baker, but give him a little bit of balance so that, you know, where he has struggled is where a lot of quarterbacks struggle if he gets behind. And they're notoriously slow starters, right? Like the Bucks have just been so incredibly plotting to start games that they need a fast start. And they need to put some doubt into the minds of the Bills who have not played well. And I think they have the defense that can get, you know, getting after Josh Allen. I don't know that there's many two linebackers in the league, Steve, that that can run as well as Devin White and Levante David. So, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, containing this dude, and and they don't want – the funny thing is in Buffalo, they're trying to, to dissuade Josh from running it as much as he has. And it's kind of in his head a little bit, like I can't take these hits, and he has taken a hit. He's taken a hit on his shoulder. So I don't know – I don't know how dynamic Josh Allen will be. Now, having said that, watching him go out and bomb him. But running the football, they're prepared to stop him if he decides to run the football. I really believe that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can't face Buffalo without that being priority number one. Because he is their running game. And and he stretches your defense. And, and that's how he that's how he makes his throws. When he's able to run, he throws the ball better. And so if 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 you don't stop that part of his game or at least get him in his head that I can't run because this team's going to hit me. Yeah, you got to punish him, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got to be thinking that. We know they don't want he's him to run as much. He's got a bum shoulder mm-hmm. already. He's yeah. been hurt some. Yeah. So you've got to either hit him or contain him to where he says I can't run today. And right. now you take away one of his biggest weapons his and and make him one dimensional. He's not as good yep. of a quarterback. That's right. The, the quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard, as Al Davis used to say. Um, and they have not been scoring points, and they have not been the dynamic team on either side of the ball, even uh, you know on defense. The defense has not been you know, elite, um, to say the very least. But they're playing a team that can't get in the end zone. And so no matter how great Buffalo is, they, they should, you know, this Bucks team has scored what? six and 13 in the last two weeks. 
that ain't going to get it done. You know, if you score 13, you're going to, you're going to need to score well into the 20s, I think, um, to have a chance to beat this Bills team. But but it is going to be like I don't I don't think this is going to be a non-competitive game. Now you know I'm the worst predictor of what happens in the NFL, but I do believe that you know Tampa Bay's defense is 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 pretty well equipped. Actually, I think to you know to defend the Bills and Josh Allen in particular because of their linebackers, because of the speed that they have, and you know we'll just see, we'll just see. Um, I mentioned the other day that Antoine Winfield Jr. challenged his team after the game, and that was, uh, you know, that was interesting. That it'll be interesting how sub- they respond. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the players were like to the ones mm-hmm. that I talked about were like, "Wow, like, he didn't say much, mm-hmm. but he grabbed you know kind of the hold of the huddle and said, hey, what kind of team do you want to be? Like, we're right there, you know. Like, this is this is totally on us.'" We need to finish these games. And he doesn't just mean the offense, which, of course, had they gotten the end zone, would have won. He means the defense, too, because they gave up the big play to to allow the the Falcons to get in range for, you know, the 51-yard field goal. So, you know, all of this is going to be – it's a challenging week because you're coming off a loss and you're you're no longer in first place in the NFC South. They would make a wild card if a playoff started today. They'd be the final wild card. Um, but, but it's a long season and they're very much, I think in the NFC South race to me, even if they lose this game, although, you know, that would be what three losses in a row and you're not trending the right direction. So if you beat a team like the bills, then the, the narrative, the national narrative will be that the bills aren't very good. Like they, you know, everybody hyped them and, and, you know, seems like they have a contending team every year and. They fall short in the playoffs. If they lose this game, people will be like, what's wrong with the Bills? It won't be about what's right with the Bucs. But the Bucs will be right back in, in good shape in terms of the NFC South, and it'll give them a boost. And they played well on the road. I can't explain it. Some teams do better when they get away, and it's kind of us against the world, and um, you know, there's, there's an esprit de corps and, and kind of a camaraderie that goes on when you're on the road. But... Uh, I, I think I think they're going to play better. I, I think they have a chance to move the ball. I think they have a chance to to do some stuff on defense and and maybe make this an entertaining Thursday night games as a rule are bad because both teams are like beat up and they you know physically they don't feel very good. Uh, the team that goes on the road is in a difficult position because they've you know had to travel after practice and all of that. And, and the Bucks do have some major injuries. Like if Vita Vea doesn't play, that's huge right like there's stuff that could definitely you know torpedo them with injuries and whatnot but i give them a chance like every game like i've just i watched the san francisco team dominate and then go to cleveland with pj uh walker right Mm -hmm. and then i saw them you know the next week lose to a minnesota team that the tampa bay buccaneers handled and they and they and the Bucks played them full strength, and Minnesota was not full strength when they played the Forty ers and still won. You know, Justin Jefferson was out, so that's the kind of league it is. You know, it's the even any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday league, and I really believe that they're going to give them a shot. You know, 
And if they win it, they'd be in tremendous shape. You know, they'd be they'd be back in a in a good place, getting ready to head to Houston, you know, after that, which is a tough team and probably a tougher place to win than what people anticipate at the beginning of the year. But this is gonna be a real swing game because you don't want to fall behind, you know, below five hundred. Like that there's something psychological about being, you know, three and four versus four and three. Mm-hmm. Tony Dungy's team started three and four every season. I think they started three and four the year that they won the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. It was just a thing. It's like, oh, the three and four. Um, so you can't come back from that, believe me. But boy, what a what a great win this would be if they could get it. Well, the other you know, thing that, too is is you know, you're a half game behind the Falcons. But you're you've got the same number of losses. Right. And you still have another game against them. So you control your destiny. Not that you're looking at that six, seven games in, but No, you but you do. You don't want to fall behind the loss column. Okay, if Mm-mm. Atlanta hadn't had their bye week yet, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, now Atlanta's gonna be in Tennessee this weekend. Which is starting two quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. You know, but they are on the road, so you know, you hope that Tennessee can help out there, but you know you want to go to the hardest part is that you're playing this on Thursday night, and that you had no practices, you've had walkthroughs, and you're the traveling team for Thursday night football. That's difficult, but you know, at least half the teams have to do that every season. It's hard because you you know I I always say that momentum you know is a big thing in the NFL. The mm-hmm. games have it seasons have it they they've lost their momentum they're not three and one anymore um they've lost two in a row mm-hmm. and they have a short week and they're traveling against a really good football team if this was carolina panthers might still be tough but you feel better about their chances this is this is an elite football team so um yeah they they they're up against it but we'll see um should be a good game and uh here's the other thing i <laughs> I love Twitter. I love Buck's Twitter. It's a deep, dark place, as I said before, with lots of broken glass and strange characters hanging out. But we did get we did get some comments as many as questions as we did, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of a combination today. Yeah, let me pull some up here. Uh, we'll start with uh, O'Neal, who tweeted. So two losses and three turnovers later. How did Baker Mayfield's trip to Red River work out? <laughs> Listen. I knew it was coming, and I don't begrudge any of these guys getting away because think about how many weeks now they have un- until their season is over. There's no bye weeks left, and theirs was so early that if you didn't get away, uh, I'm not sure you can survive the rest of it. So mentally recharging, physically, the difficult thing was they had momentum, right? They had won a big game in New Orleans or seemingly a big game, would have been well-positioned to come back and play the next week. But then you're like, and they did get some guys back healthy, which that always is a case when you have the bye week. But yeah, I mean, it didn't work out good at all. And I, I, I don't think they're necessarily related, but I said it at the time and in my mind, I was like, yeah, he's taking a few too many flowers. Like, you know, they're buttering up a little bit. Like, and, and Baker understands where he's at. He knows they didn't win anything in September like he's been part of teams before um so this is not about like him doing anything wrong but there was sort of this you know kind of national narrative like hey man watch out for the Bucks like these guys you know Baker Mayfield comeback player whatever 
And then it just kind of went, you know, it, it didn't go well after that. So I know he's back focused and I don't think he necessarily lost focus, but you're right. It's, it's, it's much easier to do that stuff and win. But when you, you know, when you do that stuff and lose, then they, they point at that as the reason. And that's just, that's just human nature. It's, it's just about whether you win or you lose and, you can't please you really can't please anybody all the time. All right, then there was a debate on X about starting Kyle Trask and someone asked give us 3 reasons for starting Trask and Mike gave 5 reasons. We can go through them. 1 <laughs> can see over the line. Granted. 2 can make all the throws. Okay, I guess. Can he? Uh, no, <laughs> we haven't seen it. I mean, I, I'm not saying he can't. I mean, I, I assume. I mean, you know, the throwing is not the problem, but yeah, can process very quickly. Don't know that. Is no kno- way to prove that. Is known for his accuracy. No way to prove that either. Yeah, and is not Baker Mayfield. Well, that's true. <laughs> that part. So I give him one out of five. Um, can see over the line, maybe two. Maybe two. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing about Kyle Trask is we don't know. Like, can he make all the throws? I I mean, look, every quarterback can make all the throws in practice. You know, no pads and and receivers there. But can they make I'm glad you said that because people think that there are guys in the NFL that play quarterback that aren't very good passers. No, they all What I would say to you is they all can break your nose with it. Like, even the worst guy, the worst arm in the NFL Mm -hmm. is a dude that can absolutely – like spin it right. The, the only like, one I know of, realize. the only one I know of ever that maybe challenges that was Drew Brees in his last year. But well, yeah, <laughs> you could have thrown it left-handed as far as he did right-handed. But yeah, I mean that shoulder it, was done. You know, but in in you know the underwear Olympics, all these quarterbacks can make the throws because if not, they weren't they wouldn't be on a roster. Period. No, that's the that's that's the bare minimum, right? Do you have a good arm? Can you throw the football? Um, if you can't do that, they don't even get away those practice squad jobs. You know, those, I've always said this is like, you know, I'll, I'll take the 250 grand if they don't care who the back third quarterback is, give it to me, but they do care and they don't just give those game, get jobs away. And so, yeah, you have, you have to be able to throw it, but I don't know. That's a lot of Mayfield hate right there. It seems like, I, I mean. I know people want to see Kyle. If you see Kyle Trask in a game, and Mayfield's not hurt, or they're the not up by they're up. not up by four touchdowns, or they're not way late up. Yeah, quarter. it's not mop. If it's mop up time, that's different. But if you see him in a game, that's a signal that the season is over. And I don't mean that maybe he won't be able to do it. Or I'm just saying, like when they turn to him, it's got to be long term, right? Now. Sort of what usually happens is kind of what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis. Of course, Jameis was out the first three weeks of suspension, but they kind of went back and forth. And then you get to a point where you're like, yeah, we tried the young guy. It wasn't very good. We still have a chance. We still have a chance to win the division. Like, let's, let's, play the, let's play the veteran again. And then when he, for the second time, disappoints you, you go, all right, we have to see what we have in these young kids. we got to do it, you know. And then you finish the season with the young guy. I don't know that it's going to go that way. Um, I think it's more likely Baker, you know, the way he plays might get hurt. Um, but, 
uh, I mean, it, it, it's not going to be unusual to see Kyle Trask play sometime this year. And I, I just don't know when. But it's, I would not bench Baker Mayfield for Kyle Trask. Remember the kind of stretch you're, you're about to approach. You got four of the next five on the road, mm-hmm. right? And, and one of those is tonight, you know, against the Bills. The other one is at San Francisco. So, you know, turning it over to him now would be like, hey, go get him, Tiger. You know, really bad experience. Um, so, yeah, you just don't want that situation. Well, and that's the other so, part of, you know, it would be nice to get a win tonight in Buffalo because otherwise you go below 500 now with three, yeah, of, the ne- three of the next four on the road. That's tough. And psychologically, it's tough to be below 500, even though, you know, like I said earlier, Tony Dungy's team seem to do it every year, but yeah. And the other the other part is true too. I mean, just you know, to get to get that you know that fourth win, um, now everything's right in front of you where you want it to be, and you you feel better about things. So, yeah, I, I it's not trash time yet. Let's just put it that way. All right, and one last comment we'll read. Uh, Ryan asked. Would we rather have Sneak Vaughn taking carries from Rashad White? I would say no. Now, I know he had a nine-yard gain the other day, and that was probably one of the longest from scrimmage. But if, if Sneak Vaughn was so good, they wouldn't have drafted Rashad White. I mean, they drafted Sneak Vaughn in the third round. And he waited his turn behind you know Lombardi, Lenny, and Ronald Jones and all those guys. But... You know, I don't. I don't even know that Rashad White is is the answer, much less Keyshawn Vaughn. And I don't understand why he's getting the second most carries. I don't know why they gave up on Sean Tucker. It's like their averages are like you know one point seven and one point five. Like neither one's doing very well. But uh, Edmonds has experience in the league. He's shown some flashes before. He's motivated. And if he's healthy, I mean, that's going to be the thing, right? Like, he hasn't played football. Um, maybe he can get it done. But I don't think that you start him. I don't, I don't think he's going to get the bulk of the carries. I think he'll be mixed in. And then you just ride the hot hand if you find one. But, um, yeah, it's good to, have, good to have options. It's good to have him back in the fold. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, so we'll be back tomorrow to talk about Thursday night football, and the Bucks. then will have sort of a mini-bye week after that, as well as the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to host the San Diego Sharks. San Jose Sharks. I'm going to say San Diego. Jeez. San Jose Sharks. <laughs> yeah, the, they, well, they swim. Listen, they migrate. You know yeah, they well. start in the south, and they swim north, right? Like, that's, that's the usual yeah. pattern, I yeah. believe. Well, the winless so, yeah. San Jose Sharks. They're 0-5-1 on the season. Uh, that's a trap game. Um, you know, if I'm a betting man, law of averages. 
But so, the Lightning coming off probably their best game of the season. How about the shutout from the kid, JoJo? Let's well, give it up. And, and he was impressive, but to be honest, the defense in front of him, I mean, he stopped 32 shots. They were good. There weren't many grade A chances in that bunch. A lot of shots from the nope. outside that he could see. Not a lot of odd man rushes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that. Yeah, they played their best game of the season. And, and coming off that, the loss in Toronto where you had the 3-1 lead with eight minutes to go and you lose in overtime, you know, that's the way you want to see that team respond. No, it was nice. It was a good game. And how about the fights, huh? Yeah, what got a little hell? chippy there. Yeah. Was there a cheap shot thrown in by Carolina, a little stick to the groin? What what happened there? Uh, you mean the the one when they wouldn't let Stamkos get to the celebration at the end? That, that might be what it. You're talking about that might be it. I thought maybe got some guy took a stick someplace, but okay. I, I might be wrong. Yeah, I got. I mean, those it teams got chippy. Those teams don't uh, they don't like each other. They don't like they're each usually, other. Usually physical games. They're usually tight games. Hmm. Carolina was wrapping up a six-game. They they played their first game at home, then went west. They did the California trip. They did Colorado in there. Uh, I think they stopped somewhere else on the way home, and then Tampa. So that was ending a six-game road trip for them. And they haven't been playing very well. They were, what, three and three coming in, now three and four. And they were down two goals in the third, so they got a little chippy. Not unexpected. Right, you know, Carolina. It was entertaining, though. Carolina's, you know, considered one of the favorites to go to the Stanley Cup this year in the Eastern Conference. So, haven't got off to the best start. Right. Well, all of a sudden, the Lightning look like they're starting to smooth out some things, and uh, hopefully, they can continue to get good goaltending. And it's mm-hmm. not been the goaltending that has let them down. No, um, far from it. I mean, I think that they might actually weather this. Yeah. Period without uh Vasilevsky. And so. a weird schedule for the Lightning. It's kind of so the Lightning play tonight and then they don't play again until Monday night. So we have no Tampa Bay games this weekend. The Lightning wow, that is weird. Lightning are off. The Bucks are playing Thursday night. The Rowdies have been eliminated and the Rays aren't in the World Series. So Well sit back, relax, and watch Florida, Georgia. There you go. You know? Matt Baker will be there. We talked to yeah. Matt the other oh, and, day. And USF's off it. too, so yeah. <laughs> like all the that Tampa Bay teams are off. <laughs> oh, we know the Rays are off. Yes. Oh, by the way, congratulations to Evan Longoria. You're headed back to the World Series, man. How about that? The sixth seed in the National League has gone has won the pennant the last two years since they changed the playoff format. Steve, they won 84 games. Yeah. 84 the, in the regular season. The Phillies last year were the last team in, and Arizona was the last one in this year. I think they need to try less. That's, I think, I think the Rays. You know, forget about well, forget about winning the division. Just try a little less. Well, we talked about the Rangers. They're what nine and zero on the road this postseason. Incredible. They had a losing Stupid. record on the road in the regular season. I mean, it's so crazy, right? <laughs> I don't know. I can't figure it out. Um, but yeah, but Evan, I am happy for Evan. Uh, Fifteen years for Evan. between uh, World Series appearances. It's a long time, man. And let me tell you, he did party like like. You know, it was 2008, man. He got down. He should. He doused. And... He said his wife had a psychic that predicted they would go to the World Series. You know, it's his first year in Arizona. I'm like, dude, give me some lottery numbers, man. Yeah, forget the, the World Series prediction. Yeah, give me the. <laughs> I mean, you know, no nobody. Who had, who had them winning? Nobody. 
had the Arizona Diamondbacks, you know, going to the World Series. So pretty cool story. So we'll watch all of that college football. We'll talk a little bit more about it. And, uh, of course, we will discuss what happens in uh, tonight's game against the Buffalo Bills because nobody talks about podcasts with the Buffalo Bills like we will. Late, late, late. I was going to say it's going to be a late one tonight. Oh man, I don't. I I want to apologize now to you, Steve, because man, I am not staying you know close to the stadium, and uh, it will be, it will be early. I guess we should say early, not late, but early for those of you who get up very early. Um, we'll we'll be there. We'll be there with you, man. So keep it keep it right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Thanks for listening as always. For Steve Burstick, I'm out of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 